Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome to the Poisoner's Cabinet. I'm Sinead. And I'm Nick. And this is your weekly podcast exploring the lives of the great poisoners and macabre murders from across the centuries and creating curious cocktails inspired by the tales that we tell. And it's episode 86. And it's Spooky Week. It's Go, spooky I got week. in there before you. Yay! <laughs> it's Halloween weekend. Woohoo! Woohoo! <laughs> You've gone slightly Christmassy there. I did, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But sometimes scary bees go, ho, ho, ho. No, they don't. No, they don't. I don't think there are any scary bees going, ho, 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 coming down your chimney at midnight on the, in December. Santa is scary. Yeah, terrifying. <laughs> but no, it is Halloween weekend. We're here in the spooky, spooky world of poisoning and murder and ghosts for one week only. One apparently. week only, some ghosts. How are you, Nick? Yeah, I'm all right. You're all right. Yeah, man, yeah. Have you been trick-or-treating yet? Not just yet. Not yet. It, it seems a bit early. Yes, we have a couple of days until... There's a, there's a few. There's a few, still a few days before the, the Halloweeniness. And also, I think with a lack of children <laughs> accompanying me, I think that might be slightly crazy if I just go banging on people's doors going, Give me Twixes! <laughs> um, but that's just a normal Saturday night. Yeah, I would all your chocolate. <laughs> Kids get all the fun at Halloween. And like, why can't, why can't adults run around the streets and knock on people i actually i see the problem uh, yeah I'm, I'm, i think as, as you say i think as, as you're speaking there you're realizing the the problem <laughs> those could could ensue from this no sweets just cash <laughs> what would be your halloween dress up choice dress up choice there's a weird way to say that but what, what would you go as if you if you were to dress up on a trick-or-treating excursion? Uh, i don't know i find costumes difficult to do <laughs> Right. No, I find the range of costumes slightly challenging. But I did do a fantastic one a few years ago. Oh, what did you do? Fantastic one. I went as Danny DeVito doing the Penguin from Batman. Oh, yes. I think you've mentioned that. And that was awesome. And I looked fantastic. That is very good. And again, let's let's just go over what the character's name is. The Penguin. Did you say Penguin? Penguin. 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 <laughs> it just tickles me every time. Let's mock someone's speech, shall we? <laughs> like that doesn't happen every week with me. No, I've seen pictures of that. That is pretty damn cool. I once did a very good Halloween party where I went with very dark, macabre versions of Alice in Wonderland characters. Nice. So Alice was like in a mental asylum. You had the Red Queen who was just trying to cut everyone's head <laughs> off. My brother-in-law came as a white rabbit, but like he was a gangster with a, with a Tommy gun. It was, uh, was marvellous. I could do a good Tweedledum or Tweedledee. Just one of them. Appearing. Well, there's not two of me. And bring a mirror. Bring it, uh, Potentially, bring a mirror. Oh, that's very nice. Yes. Any poisonings this week? Um, 
I forgot about this question was coming, and I did not think of an answer. So I'm going to say no. <laughs> I'm probably waiting for all the trick-or-treating on the Halloween itself. I really must reiterate, don't poison kids. No, I'm not going to do this. Oh, okay. But potentially there might be some out there. Oh, there might be. There might be, be you never know. Poisoned yeah. apple for the children. Exactly. <laughs> well, there's a, there's, a, there's a witch out there somewhere, th- yeah, throwing apples around full of poison. She could be trick-or-treating. <laughs> Standing in an auction just lobbing apples at people <laughs> as they pass. <laughs> Everyone going, this isn't scary, it's just upsetting. Yeah. They get whacked in the head by flying apples. She just knocks on your door and just throws an apple at you and then goes, give me all your Twixes. It's it's a modern witch from modern Britain. <laughs> Love it. I am here on for that. On a scooter, just chucking apples. She's now sort of Italian, isn't yeah, she? Like, Ciao. No, not a proper scooter, but like one of those like pushy along Oh, we're just on like a, like a foot scooter. Yeah, like... <laughs> She's got to get around. Yeah, exactly. Basket of apples on the front. Might move up to a bicycle one day, but not well, just yet. Well, that sounds quite quaint, actually. If she's got a basket full of apples on the front of her old-timey bicycle. She sounds <laughs> adorable now, suddenly. <laughs> Apart from the fact that she's killing kids. I'm not kids. It could be anyone. <laughs> anyone, anyone. Oh, marvellous. Yeah, well, we speaking of uh, cycling around the town and hurling apples at people while dressed as a witch, I think it's time for us to thank our delicious Patreon subscribers. Well, indeed, because we know they've all done that before. Oh, well, um, yeah. Thank you so much to Hayley Storm. Very dramatic. Thank you to Emporium32. And to this next person, who potentially has to come and live with me, the Cake Butler. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't see that name. (laughs) Where have you been all my life? (laughs) (laughs) To the hundreds of Patreon subscribers that we have now, you know we love each and every one of you. But anyone new, just get creative with the names. That's amazing. The cake button. What the hell is the story or I've behind mis- that? Or I've misread it entirely. Oh, you mean um, it's Cat Butler or yeah, something? Yeah, probably. <laughs> I'm now going to check. <laughs> no, the cake butler. It's definitely the cake butler. It's definitely the cake butler. Yay! That's a superhero name. That's great. I love it. Uh, it's great. Okay, the cake butler and our other beautiful, delicious new Patreon subscribers. You are incredibly sexy. We love you very, very much. And yeah, come and join us on Patreon if you haven't already. We've been having a lovely time. We talked about cults this week. Mm. We did. That was jolly. We got all culty. Yeah. It was. It was. It was chilling. <laughs> it was very cool. Yeah, a little bit of cult action on there. Great place to chat about dark, terrible things. <laughs> <laughs> well, Nick. Hello. Are you ready? <laughs> Don't do that. It's weird and unpleasant. Didn't drink cocktails and talk about poison? I'm ready to throw this glass at your face. <laughs> That's really or... unnerving. <laughs> or we could drink poison and talk about cocktails like I did 300 years ago. Were you aiming for old woman there? I don't know. Yeah, to at say the end, 30. it went a bit weird. <laughs> Which I was thinking, yeah. like, 300? Bloody hell, how old is this ghost? <laughs> See, it was realistic until that point. Then you just blew it. Um, but, yeah, I'll have a drink. Whatever, Whichever one that was, I'll have a drink. First one of the terrifying ghost child from 300 years ago. <laughs> no one was alive No then. one was alive then. Hooray, hooray, hooray. Well, it is a sort of a combination of stories this week. Mainly my episode, but also Nick's going to chip in it is Halloween, but we can't, we can't, we can't possibly have any stories without a cocktail in hand. As you know, dear listeners, every week we choose a secret ingredient that is inspired by the tale that we tell and will flavour our cocktail of the week. I got to choose a secret ingredient this week, and this week's secret ingredient is... Mm. A cat. 
A cat. A cat. A lovely, lovely cat. See, now you with your anti-animal cruelty malarkey going on here, <laughs> I, I feel would be, has now encouraged me to blend a cat or muddle one in some vodka or something. It seemed very unlike you. I just wanted to put a cat on the table right, and well, see what would happen. Okay, well now this is entirely on your head. So on my head be it, okay. On your head be it. If there have been cats that have been killed, I'm worried that you went to that immediately. <laughs> That's why that witch is throwing apples at you. <laughs> no, you stole her familiar. I bloody love a cat. Only mm. second to sharks. Right. I'm just going through the gambit of animals now right, that I okay, love, now apparently. Right, okay, now we name animals now. <laughs> but with a cat. What have you come up with, Nick? Well, I, I, I was looking on the Instagram and there has been quite the reaction to the cat. And many, many, many options there. So we are having a black cat. <gasps> but none of the variants that have been so far yet mentioned. Ooh. So this is an entirely different one. See, I've never heard of a black cat cocktail. But uh, I can imagine there being one in Oh existence. Well, apparently there are many. Oh. Apparently there are many, many, many variants. Mini, mini, mini. So this is one that we are going to try to do. Wonderful. I think it is high time for us to go into the poisonous cabinet kitchen and shake up a spooky storm. So we'll see you in a minute. We'll see you in a bit. And we're back. Hello. Oh, Nick, a black cat. Yes. <laughs> a black cat has crossed our path. It's not very black. It's not very black. No, it's brown. It's a brown cat. It's brown cat. <laughs> brown drinks serve us well. This is true. This is true. We do have luck with brown drinks. It's quite It's quite dark, though. I'll give you that. It is relatively dark. It is. Now, I'm excited to try this because, again, I have no knowledge of what a black cat cocktail is or what any of the variants are. So I literally do not know what's going to happen to mm. my mouth in a minute. No, neither do I. Are you feeling confident about this? I'm... Oh, God. I think it's going to be potent. Okay, good. <laughs> I need a drink. This yeah, evening. no, this is certainly a drink with a big capital D. So. <laughs> that needs to be the name of your cocktail book. Drinks with a capital D. Big D energy. Big D energy. Mm. Okay, yeah. so let's dive in. Merry Halloween. Merry Halloween. Oh, no. Something did happen to my mouth. Huh. Oh, I'm pleasantly surprised. Oh, God, you bloody would like that, wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> I, mm. I said, capital D. <laughs> I definitely can guess at one. You've definitely got the Lefroy in there, haven't you? Or the, is it? Uh, no. Is it not? No. <laughs> oh, God. I swear, it, it tasted really smoky and peaty. Nope. Okay. Oh, oh I'm going to take a minute to get over that. You're very happy. I'm, I'm really enjoying that. I mean, that's really good. It, oh I, I, that's actually a lot better than I thought it was. Second sip. It's a very me drink. It's not very not a very it's, you drink. Oh, there's a lot going on there. Oh, 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 I'm not sure about that. Uh, <laughs> good, that means more for me. <laughs> I just wanted a nice drink for Halloween. <laughs> you, I'm crying. Sorry. You actually are. <laughs> it's major eyes water. Oh, um, can you talk us through what this is so well, I can I regain think, my composure? Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm slightly surprised by the reaction here. Gin. We have some gin. Okay. We like gin. We, we liked gin. We have some mezcal, which is where you're getting your smokiness from. Oh, yes. Okay. We have some mezcal. Mm. We have some shelly. Sherry? A bit of dry shelly and Montillard shelly. Okay. And some sweet vermouth. What? That's it? A drop of sugar. 
A drop, drop of, of sh- sugar to, to balance. <gasps> but yeah, that's it. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, no citrusy lime, no, no nothing to water it down. It's pure booze. Just yeah. stirred or? Stirred over a big old chunk of ice. Gin, mezcal, sherry, and mm. red vermouth. <laughs> well, makes me happy. <laughs> so I happy. really like that. That <laughs> is <laughs> like. <laughs> That's like the first time someone tasted a Negroni. And the first time I ever tasted a Negroni, I went, Wah! and threw it across the room. Yeah, I don't like it. It's got that. mezcal. It's got gin. You like those no, things. But you ruined it with sherry. No, I made it so much better. Wow, that is really divisive. I don't think I've ever seen you this happy. This is right up there. You this, are is, a this is great. I, I love it. Giggling mess. I'm going to yeah. try a third sip. I'll make you something different. <laughs> nope. <laughs> No. <laughs> it did mellow on the... Actually, to be fair, actually, I think I took the smallest sip in the world there. The third sip does mellow a little. And then you get more of the sweetness of the sherry. But, oh, no, no, here it comes. No, 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 no. Oh, you've taken mezcal and done something horrible to it. <laughs> I don't think there has been a cocktail that has divided us so Ooh, distinctly. It's so your cup of tea. <laughs> no, I'm going to cry if I drink <laughs> made a drink that's made you make cry what more do you want for halloween <laughs> i don't think it's wise that i continue with this nick i'm donating my black cat to you oh how kind which is kind of apt for the story you'll hear about this later okay but does this mean i've now got to go make you something else it does actually Aww. yeah because i'm a benevolent woman but not that not that down. benevolent <laughs> no 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 take it away as well so yeah the black cat a resounding success with nick but i'm afraid we are going to have to do the wavy lines and pause while <laughs> nick makes me something nice <laughs> oh should we do spooky lines spooky lines like like the twilight zone like do 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 <laughs> that's a psycho noise <laughs> yes right yeah <laughs> and we're back again <laughs> hello i have made i didn't inflict it upon nick yes. i have made myself an alternative drink i have made a margarita with mezcal to try and stay on the same plane but nick's very happy he's I've jolly got two drinks now I'm he fine. has two drinks uh, everything well. has worked out beautifully so you have a black cat firmly in hand two black cats firmly in hand <laughs> two black cats well, that's a very strange image of you walking down the street la 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 <laughs> with the cats i'm at a safe distance behind you with a margarita with a margarita and a sombrero going this is a strange halloween costume is it time for some halloween tales i think we should get on with it hooray 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 let us delve into the world of witches for halloween witches nick there are witches witches we're going to talk about witches this time okay there better be some good poisony murdery connections going on well there are murdery connections okay then i'll let you off then Thank you so much. Witches, witchy trials, witchy shenanigans today. I have got a story. Nick has a bit of a story. I've got some little factoids to tell you, as is my want at Halloween. It's all a great big bubbling cauldron of poisony goodness. <laughs> Obviously, we are looking at some witch trial stories today and stories around the witch trials. Before we go into the laughter, I completely acknowledge that the witch trials themselves are an example of murder. And it's a very dark and serious side to everything that's witchy. I have some thoughts to share on this at the end. We will cover it, but let's get on with the banter first, shall we? <laughs> We've shared a few witchy tales on this show before, haven't we? Well, we have. I mean, a Mary Bateman springs to mind. Absolutely. The Prophet Hen of Leeds. The Prophet Hen of Leeds. will never leave my mind. I want a t-shirt with that written on it. <laughs> <laughs> that's the next batch of merch, isn't it? <laughs> We've had witches on the show. We've never had a witch-themed show. There's this been wizards and... War- have we had a warlock? 
Um, not by name, I think. <laughs> not by name, not but by, by nature. <laughs> well, indeed. I don't know the difference between a warlock and a wizard. I don't think there is much of one. Okay, well then why do you come at me every time I say, is because he a warlock? You go, no, he's a wizard. it's fun. Okay. <laughs> and I like saying wizard. Wizard. Wizard? We almost had a wizard shark. This is true. We've had drawings of a wizard know, shark sent to us. This is amazing. Yes, we have had a healthy dose of people proclaiming themselves to be witches or seers or indeed prophet hens. But let's start with something poisony. Good. Nick? Yes. How do witches fly? On a broom. On a broom. In their minds. In their minds. On a broom. Yes, this this popular image we have of the witch on her broom flying around. Now, where or where does that come from? It's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> well, traditionally, it wasn't thought, you might think it's strange, but way back when witches were popular, dare I say, or when people just believed that there were witches out there, uh, no one thought that witches just conjured the ability to fly out of their minds or out of their magic. They were reported to use a flying ointment. Mm -hmm. Flying ointment. That is the word for it. Not a salve, not a butter. No, No, an ointment. (laughs) It is an ointment. Not a liniment or a lubrication, (laughs) but an ointment. No, it was a concoction, shall we say, that the witches would reportedly smear on a chair, actually. Most people thought they'd, they they would put it on their chair or their stool and then fly off while seated, because you should be comfortable. Well, absolutely. You've got to be comfy in long, long sets of flying. Mm. You know, if like you're travelling economy or something like that, it's all a bit <laughs> uh, cramped and horrible. Absolutely. You want a bit of comfort. But there's always this association that witches just can't rise into the air, like we've seen in The Witch or, or you know, the popular films. <laughs> it's the idea that they have to have an inanimate object that they make fly and then they sit on it and then they can can fly as well it's very technical i quite like well, i think there are a lot of cases as well where the witch is actually supposed to transform into a flying thing yes so which is probably has a slightly different genre of flying witches genre of flying <laughs> witches they have bands of exactly them. <laughs> flying witches squadron it's quite nice <laughs> but they would put these ointments on their chairs or their brooms if you would believe it and now francis bacon himself mm-hmm. not the modern one the old one the old one yes the old one obviously he described the ingredients as the fat of children digged out of their graves Night. and the juices of smallage wolfsbane and sink foil mingled with the meal of fine wheat <laughs> classic well that may be true but it is far more likely that that the witches or covens or maybe those who just watched them were under the influence of something pretty toxic but pretty trippy as well (laughs) but pretty trippy pretty trippy yes plants like our dear old friend belladonna hemlock mandrake and the lovely lovely opium What's not to like? So there's theories that the flying ointments that the witches used were no more than drugs, and they weren't flying at all. No, just lots of hallucinations. Exactly. They were flying in their minds. The idea of flight is just another way of saying you were totally high, but poisoned up to your tits, really. (laughs) You're looking at your book. I am. No, I've got an interesting passage, one of my my witchy books, actually relating to this, this very, very thing. There's a passage that's written by a... Um, uh, Which? By an alchemist in, okay. in 1562. A chap called Giovanni Battista Porta. Nice. Who is commenting on these sort of supposed hallucinogenic ointments the witches are using to get to their various sabbats and other important appointments. Because <laughs> <laughs> they do have a full calendar. Well, exactly. They're, they're busy, busy people. And I'm going to read this, this little extract here because I think it's quite amusing. He's actually telling about how two men he has encountered have believed that they are entirely convinced that they have 
transformed into to animals and flown oh. to to another place. Flying to animals, them. I'm assuming. Well, you'll wait and see. Okay. You'll wait and see. So he says, the man would seem sometimes to be changed into a fish <laughs> and fling out his arms, would swim on the ground. Sometimes he would just skip up and then dive down again. Another would believe himself turned into a goose. Goose. Um, and would eat grass and beat the ground with his teeth like a goose um, and now and then sing and endeavour to clap his wings. Um, so he has witnessed these these people who are enti- afterwards are entirely convinced that they have either swum or flown vast distances. After applying the flying After applying their ointment. sort of, yeah, their, their ointments um, and are convinced that they have gone miles and miles and miles to their various meetings, um, <laughs> returned again, where in fact all the while they're actually just like flapping around on the ground. Um, and this is like 1562, so. <laughs> it does really knacker the images of witches of the olden times being mistresses of the forest, huddling around their cauldrons and conjuring up spirits it's just them lying on the ground going yeah, 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 yeah. But who knows where they went in their mind in their mind in their it mind, looked amazing they were they were there they were dealing with the things they need to deal with just in the <laughs> the mortal plane they were perhaps less elegant. active elegant that is the word elegant. i was looking for very much feels like us when we've had too many drinks and we this start is also dancing true. this is also true yes when we do the pointy dancing we look amazing <laughs> everyone's like wow they are having a fit my god they're old <laughs> <laughs> There's other interpretations of the flying ointment that are that are a little bit lewd, shall we say. <laughs> now, um, you may remember when we talked about the case of Alice Kittler, yes. who was a witch that we did cover in the show, and the idea that the ointment is best absorbed through sensitive areas. A mucosy membrane. Yes, a mucosy membrane, maybe the vagina. Maybe. Yes, there are lots of references as well. When in the Alice Kittler story, there's all this, the reference of many worms and, and entrails and stuff that had to be rubbed into the, the vagina uh, <laughs> that would in, enable the woman to fly. But when you look into some of the writings a lot of references to greased staffs <laughs> right okay this is true it may have yeah. been misconstrued that where did the bloody broomstick come from well this is very this is a very good point yeah is, is this just someone having a great jolly old time someone walks in and goes what the fuck are you doing i'm a witch i can fly <laughs> um <laughs> Oh, it's Halloween, Nick. The kids Sorry. are listening. No. <laughs> Somehow I think the flying ointment... Oh, they were on broomsticks. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> they were greasing up They were on pole. top of a broomstick. <laughs> I'm sorry, people. Not safe for work. We probably should have said that beforehand. They will know that by our, by our episodes. <laughs> if they were listening to everything else merrily, they went, oh, this is the point where I turn off. Then power to you. But yes, grease staffs. That, there's loads of references of grease staffs. And I think that's where the broomstick reference comes from and now we've got all these witches on broomsticks and all these kids are like yay broomsticks like oh kids no 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 <laughs> just 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 have that in your mind <laughs> tonight when you're alone i was gonna say when you're trick-or-treating with your family <laughs> oh god anyway. you gave me the second drink <laughs> you did. only have yourself to blame indeed well the old warnings that drugs or whatever else Makes you fly. Uh, it's just witchcraft. Yep. Just witchcraft. All those PSAs about, oh, don't take drugs because you think you can fly off a building. You can do that. It's true. It's yeah. true because the witches were doing it for ages. And having a great time. Having a great time. You know, very clearly they were. Good <laughs> Misunderstood. Them. This is more reason the witches should be revered because they were just ahead of female empowerment. That was Quite it. Right. 
but yeah, that was a little foray into the to the <laughs> filthy world, apparently, of flying ointments. Now, I do have a story for you today. I should hope so. I'm going to tell you the story of the first woman ever executed for witchcraft in England. Ooh. I will again say, first woman ever to be executed for witchcraft in England. She bloody wasn't a witch. <laughs> and I, I doubt she was the first, to be honest. <laughs> well, officially... In a trial as, as recorded... In the books. Yes. There are many, many cases beforehand <laughs> of people going, you're vaguely a witch. Burn her, burn yeah. her, hang her, stone her to death. But in a trial setting... And this story is mad. Yes, it is the precursor to a lot of horror that would come later. But let's go with it. Let's have a little bit of fun because it's Halloween. Let's go and meet Nick. Agnes Waterhouse. Hello, Agnes. A witchy name, if ever there was one. (laughs) Now, Agnes was born around 1503. We're going to meet her when she's in her late 50s. She's also known as Mother Waterhouse. And she lives in the Essex village of Hatfield, Peveril. I mean, Essex, that sort of area, I mean, it is rife with witchiness. Is it, it genuine? No, it really is. Um, it is. It is the that that sort of area of England is the absolute centre of witchcraft, witchiness for hundreds of years. Well, also was the birthplace of poison panic as well. Absolutely, so it's yeah. perfect. But why? Why Essex, the birthplace of witchiness? There's one thing I read that it was because it's all that sort of Essex, Suffolk, Norfolk, that sort of that sort of area. It's very and mystical there. Well, it? exactly. It's, it's got a very mystical vibe. Very, very open and very mm. can be very bleak person said it sends people mad just the the sheer openness and the the exposed nature of it all it's on the coast for people who don't know the area of england it's on the coast it is the 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 site of many ghost stories it's where like black shuck comes from the black shuck which is one of my favorite Um, sort of old fables I mean, it's not Yorkshire, mate. I mean, no, but, but back in the day, back back in the day, but yeah. this, this is what the people, this is what people say. Um, but it's it's host to a huge amount of spiritual activity. You've got Rendlesham Forest there as well, which I think Emma from Real Life Ghost Stories has covered. It's pretty much the the English Roswell nice. <laughs> in sort of <laughs> UFO sightings and stuff like that, and hey, history of sort of witchy mystical behaviours and things like that. So yeah, it very much is the sort of one of the centres of. English folklore and witchy shit. Excellent. Well, I mean, Agnes was born there. Good and this is where we're going this week. So Agnes, as I said, she lives in Essex. She's a widow with a daughter called Joan. Joan is about 18 when we meet her. And we're meeting her in the year of 1566. And there is much to do in the town of Chelmsford, for it is the time of the midsummer assizes, Nick. Ah, mm-hmm. the assizes. Do you know what assizes? It's a court. Yes, it is. It is a court, equivalent of a, ca- a crown or high court. They are intermittently held in these big country towns back in the day when the judges from the big smoke would leave London and come to the countryside to preside over local cases. Mm-hmm. Bit of a holiday for the judges during the hot, hot summer. A holiday may be stretching it. <laughs> I think um, they're quite busy during these times. Oh, you wouldn't believe. <laughs> I think all the crimes have been sort of held until the judge arrives on his like yearly trip. Absolutely. So the prisons are overflowing with nutters queuing um, round the block <laughs> so, everyone wants to see the big men from the big city yeah. the courthouse is not a pleasant venue it was described by one local historian open-sided building with galleries overlooking the court floor the court was only 26 foot by 24 foot if you can picture that and it had to fit the counsel the clerks the plaintiffs the defendants the jurors the witnesses the prisoners the judges and all of the spectators and everyone who was queuing up for the next case pretty much everyone in ethics everyone crammed <laughs> in there going oh look at the big men oh what pointy hats they have do you have anything to say in your defence I can't breathe <laughs> 
I like your hat. And also, all of these highfalutin judges are coming down for the big city and they're not getting much of an exciting holiday in the hot, cramped courtroom. And they're having to deal with a lot of petty country folk problems. Hmm. Simple rural folk, not big he stole sexy my sheep. cases. Yeah, he sold my sheep. She took my fence. She ate my bread. I've got no legs. Can I sue God? All of those things. Classic all thing. of those things come through. But this year is a little bit more exciting mm-hmm. as one case has attracted the presence of Reverend Thomas Cole, who is an archdeacon, who will go on to be an archdeacon. Sir John Fortescue, who will become the Chancellor of the Exchequer. Mm-hmm. And also the Queen's attorney later will get involved in this case. There's enough big names here that you wouldn't normally see in Chelmsford Assizes, really, for Midsummer. People are thinking, hmm, this is, this is quite interesting. <laughs> what sort of case could attract such prestigious men? Well, it would be the case of these three women, Agnes Waterhouse, her daughter, 18-year-old Joan, and Elizabeth Francis. Allegedly, Agnes's sister, some records on this are sketchy. She is recorded as her sister at a later time. And these women are all accused. Hmm, what could they be accused of? Greasing up the shafts. No, sorry. (laughs) It came out much worse than I had it in my head. No, they are accused of witchcraft. And Agnes herself is accused of using witchcraft to murder. See, that's a that's a tricky thing. That you don't want to be doing that. You don't want to be doing that. You don't no. want to be killing anyone generally, but using your witchy ways. Yeah, she's accused of killing a man named William Fine. She's also accused of killing her own husband. I will say, William Fine. The references here disappears in most of the reports he's accused of killing a man this is a witch trial details are sketchy in certain parts and they are absolutely minutiae in other areas <laughs> yeah, where you sure. go really this isn't the this point is of this story not surprisingly not much is known about her <laughs> childhood but all the information from this case comes from the court records and namely a pamphlet entitled <gasps> The examination and confession of certain witches in Chensford in County Essex before the Queen's Magistrates Judges and the day July of 1566. Is that one again? No. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot there were Roman numerals in there and I just blanked. <laughs> <laughs> it's on the 26th of July. Sorry. <laughs> now, these three women have indeed been accused of witchcraft. And it was said that the two sisters, Elizabeth and Agnes, practiced witchcraft together and had brought... Agnes's daughter Joan into their coven now some say that she was part of their little coven of witches others say she was an innocent bystander now Elizabeth Francis is the first one on the stand now she speaks to court and as I said these are just the testimonies from the pamphlet and they're great (laughs) I'm thinking not entirely unbiased maybe maybe not Let's just go with it and we'll speculate later. <laughs> okay, we'll find out. Now, it was said from the age of 12, from the age of 12, Elizabeth Francis had been schooled by her grandmother, Mother Eve, in the ways of witchcraft. She had taught her the old ways, the witchy ways. And when Elizabeth Francis was a grown woman, Mother Eve had given her a special gift, a familiar, <laughs> in the shape of a cat. a cat. It's a cat. It's actually a white spotted cat. cat. It's a white cat, a white spotted cat. The cat's name? Mr. Whiskers. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. Mr. So Whiskerson. Mr. Whiskerson. Mr. Whiskerson the third. <laughs> Snuggle fluffy toes. <laughs> no, the cat's name was Satan. Nice. Subtle. Good. Un- understated. Always a good start. Good, Always good a good start yeah. to pet ownership. Now, Elizabeth said the cat was indeed otherworldly. Ever since she received this white spotted cat named Satan, mm. the cat could apparently speak to her. 
in a strange, hollow voice. It would feed on milk and drops of blood. Nice, tasty. That's what sustained it. The cat would whisper instruction to Elizabeth all through her life, guided her through, possibly not on the best path advisable. Because <laughs> cats What do you expect by a cat called Satan? <laughs> it's not going to lead you right, is it? No, cats are always like, go to the kibble yeah. over here constantly. <laughs> if it's called Satan, you're not quids in here. No. But under the cat's influence, Elizabeth was said to have stolen livestock from her neighbours. Mm. She reportedly harmed many men. In some accounts, it's that she'd killed many men. This is glossed over completely. <laughs> There's a reference to a... Killed ri- many men. You, you stole my cows! <laughs> <laughs> what the hell are you doing, woman? The cat. <laughs> a rich man named Andrew Biles had apparently died mysteriously after leaving Elizabeth pregnant. And it was the cat who instructed Elizabeth on which herbs to put in her tea Ooh. to terminate the pregnancy. Nice. Clever cat. Mm, cat. I'm imagining the cat filing its nails yeah, the whole way through. Absolutely. It's got a big swivelly chair. Indeed. <laughs> and it's stroking a human. Yeah. <laughs> Elizabeth claimed to have willed the cat onto more terrible deeds herself. She willed the cat to commit acts on her behalf, but also she said she was influenced by the cat, including one account when she apparently got sick and tired of her new husband and even her new baby. She wanted the cat to do away with them. Now, at this point, the court is going, this is... This is nice. Anything you want to say about Agnes, the woman we got in here on the murder yeah. witchy trials, you know, you don't have to keep saying shit about your cat. <laughs> fine. She goes, oh, yes, yes, Agnes. Okay, fine. Now, Agnes said she eventually gave the cat, which is about 15 years old now, to Agnes. And possibly my favorite bit of the story is that she swapped the cat for a cake. I think that's fair. Hmm. Why wasn't cake the secret ingredient? <laughs> well, she said she gave Where's the cat... Where's the cake butler ex- when you need them? <laughs> <laughs> the cake butler would be furious. <laughs> did she get a cake for the cat instead of money? Or did Agnes make her a cake and then she paid for her for it in cat? Uh, but I feel it's a question for the philosophers, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I would love that. I would be with the latter. Yeah, I made you this cake. Okay, I haven't got any money. Have a cat. Cats for everyone. Just throwing tabbies at you. <laughs> I made you a tiramisu for kittens. <laughs> I think more people should pay for stuff in cats. In cat bartering. <laughs> <laughs> so Agnes was also apparently schooled in the ways of witchcraft thanks to Grandmother Eve. And Elizabeth told Agnes when she gave her the cat, called Satan, that she must give him of her blood and milk. Don't know mm. if it's meant to be her milk or the blood or just, you know, feed it blood and milk and it'll be fine. Blood and milk will be fine. It's always good news when you get a cat and like, okay, feed it blood and milk. Yeah. And it's had a past, I say it. Agnes now has the cat of Satan or Satan the cat mm. and thinks, hmm, let's test out this cat. <laughs> Agnes confesses that she set the cat on one of her pigs to see what he could do. Okay. And he indeed kills a pig. That's pretty impressive for a cat. It is, it is, it is. Agnes now thinks this is great. She's got a killer cat. I've got a mad psycho cat. Psycho cat at her command. Anytime she has a squabble with the neighbours, a dispute with a friend, she's just going to merrily set the cat onto their livestock and the cat does his job. Apparently kills geese. Yeah. And cows. I mean, that's that's impressive. What size is this cat? This is, this is, this is in fact, a lion. Is it, yeah, is it a panther? Wandering around Essex. Or a man in a cat suit. <laughs> <laughs> Meow. Yeah. 
<laughs> well, it couldn't be that huge because apparently the cat sleeps in a pot lined with wool. This is just a detail they put oh, in there. Keeps it, keep it tasty yeah, warm. It's just snuggly, snuggly warm. Snuggly, I like that. Cat. It's like back to snuggly, snuggly cat. Apparently Agnes needed use of the wool though, so yeah, the cat was sleeping in there. So she turned the cat into a toad so she could get access to the wool, which is reasonable. Yeah. You could just say, cat, get out. Look, if you were a cat owner, Nick, you would know you don't move a sleeping cat. I'm sorry, this is the cat that she can command to go and eviscerate cows, Mm. but she can't get it out of bed. No, if your cat curls up somewhere and is all cute and snuggly, you don't move the cat. If the cat sleeps on your head, you will move out of the bed and sleep on the floor. Because the little kitty is sleeping there. Also, that cat can kill people. I'm not going to wake it up. Yeah, that's fine. Okay, so little catty, how cute he is. (laughs) Lovely, lovely cat. I'm going to turn you into a toad. Easy to manage. Right. Than the killer cat. Okay. Not just, I'm going to wait until the cat wakes up. You've never owned a cat, Nick. You don't understand it. Cat- once, once they're asleep, cats never wake up. Have you ever seen a cat? They sleep for 18 goddamn hours. So she couldn't wait for wool for 18 hours. Clearly she needed the wool. Apparently desperate for this wool. This is the hole that you're okay, picking so in yeah, this, this story. This okay. <laughs> I think I've, I may be fixating on something unnecessarily no no go with it go with it go with it we need to pick holes in this plot yes she turned it into a toad classic familiar of the witch the toad toad. Toad. it gets so much worse nick it gets so much worse what did the toad sleep on something that also that she wanted (laughs) and then she turned it into a tiny fly (laughs) also people also argued at this point going agnes didn't turn the cat into a toad the cat turned itself into a toad because that's more plausible well if the cat is a sort of demon of satan Mm. The cat can do what it fucking likes. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but it was snuggly. Yeah, why would it turn itself into a toad? Yeah, no, she did that. So Agnes said that she may have set the cat on other animals, but she never used her witchcraft or the cat's witchcraft to harm people or kill anyone. She insisted that she didn't do that. Whatever she said about taking revenge on neighbours and killing cows with a cat, the rest is not true, but it's not looking good for her. That's actually quite... I'm going to... Again, interesting point. It's quite clever. This is 1566. Hmm. 1563, the law changed. Nick's random history facts. Uh, Witchcraft (laughs) Act of 1542. Henry VIII. This is just in Nick's head. (laughs) (laughs) Henry VIII going, anyone, anything to do with witches, cut their heads off. Kill them. Death. Elizabeth I comes along, 1563. Hmm. Different Witchcraft Act, which says, only going to kill them. If they've caused harm to someone. Ah. If they've just sort of like messed up their hair, moved some books around or something like that, then... Knock the milk over. Knock the milk over, that sort of stuff. Maybe killed a cow. Yeah, <laughs> you'll, get, you'll get punished, yeah. but not in a sort of especially witchcrafty way. Ah. It's only if you've specifically injured or killed a person through witchcraft, then, then you've had it. And that came in in 1563. Well, there we go. This case is all about... Can we convict someone of murder based on witchcraft? But yeah. there are a million stories bouncing around of, oh, I did this. Oh, she did this. Oh, I harmed people. Oh, I didn't do that. And the, the evidence in this pamphlet is tenuous at best. But yes, this has a bearing on mm. the case. Next up in the trial is Joan Waterhouse, Agnes's daughter. Now, Joan is aware of the cat living in the pot in her house, who is the, you know, incarnation of Satan, killing animals willy-nilly, turning into toads. It's absolutely fine. One day, Joan is having a bad day. She has been shunned by a neighbour child. Now, Joan is about 18 at this uh, time. She meets a neighbour child, Agnes Brown, and apparently uh, the, the child refused to give her a piece of bread and cheese. Bitch. Joan is completely annoyed, and she thinks, I know, I'll go ask that cat toad for help. Yep. First reaction. She testifies that the toad told her 
again a good sign, that he would help her if she offered up her soul to Satan. I mean, Mm. classic bargain. So whatever happens, a few days later, we hear the testimony of Agnes Brown, the 12-year-old girl. She is playing in the yard when she is confronted by a grim spectre, a huge black dog with horns and the face of an ape and a silver chain and a whistle around its neck. The dog approaches the little girl and spoke and asked for some butter. <laughs> that's not a good day if that's happening. Yeah. If a dog's asking you for butter, it's... This is the, with the face of an ape. With the face of an ape, yes. I'm also thinking, she's... What, this is 1560, she's 12 <laughs> in Essex. Where the fuck she's she's seen, seen an, an ape? ape. <laughs> never seen an ape. Where? Not that many zoos going around not the place at this point. Really? No. <laughs> Monkey's not native to England, really. <laughs> I mean, the, the, the testimony of a 12-year-old child, yes, is astonishingly weird and no one questions it. No, so Agnes no goes, it. no, to the dog asking for butter. Dog goes fine, somehow produces a key to their milk house and goes and steals the butter himself. Yeah. This is all read out and caught. Absolutely. The dog returns then, later, with a knife and claims it would thrust the knife into the heart of the child and make her die, in her own words. <sighs> mm-hmm. And most damning of all, when Agnes Brown asked the dog who its dam was, he waggled his head towards Agnes Waterhouse's fuck's home. Sake. For fuck's sake, evil dog, come on! It's like... Now, the testimony of young Agnes Brown is pretty damning to the court. No one gives a hoot that she's 12 years old and can make up well, any old shit. No, I mean, this is this is the thing. I mean, apart of this, all these sort of witch trials and stuff like that, they were notorious for the flimsiest of evidence. Mm. They were, yeah. So em- evidence of children sort of four or five years old would give evidence in court. And yeah. then what they say was, absolutely, that's true. They hand would, to God. Hand to God. They would, I mean, some, sometimes you read about them actually taking the evidence of spirits. <laughs> so a, a spirit has spoken to someone who said, this person killed me. And the, the, that person who had had this vision or something would relay that to court. And that would be, again, be given as evidence and used mm. as legitimate proof that someone had done something untoward. So the burden of proof... It's pretty low. Yes. It's pretty low in these cases. Suspend your disbelief, because yeah. while people may be going, this is all bollocks, it was read out in court. Oh, this sure. was recorded absolutely as fact. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The women are apparently admitting to all manner of witchiness and devilry, uh, but they're not admitting to harming a human being. But Agnes is saying, no, she's threatened. She's trying to do this. Mm. And the little child, uh, Agnes Brown, this is. Um, and other people are throwing in, oh, she killed this man. She killed that man. Now, are the women simply trying to blame a cat for their own misdeeds? Have they been persuaded to offer up their testimonies by some other means? Hmm, well, we don't know. What ends up is that Joan Waterhouse, the daughter of Agnes Waterhouse, is cleared of all charges. Elizabeth Francis gets off with a light sentence. Uh, She would actually stand trial again 13 years later for witchcraft and be hanged. Oh, right. Yeah, she got away from it for 13 years. But it's Agnes who is sentenced to death. Before she goes to the gallows, she reportedly confesses to having sent her cat Satan to try and kill a neighbour. It's a new name, this one as well, a tailor named Wardle. But apparently she wasn't able to harm him because his faith was too strong. It all gets mis, you know, convoluted about mm. this person she sent to kill the cat. And then this isn't mentioned again. The one thing that apparently she does confess to is that she assisted the death of her husband. Now, some people say, was it the cat who did it? Did she slip him some poison? Or is it the fact that their marriage was not very happy? She had said that they had lived somewhat unquietly, (laughs) which is a wonderful name for a bickering marriage, somewhat unquietly. Mm. But some think maybe that there was a great deal of guilt that she had because she maybe let her husband die and didn't feel remorse about it because it was Mm. an unhappy marriage. Or did she help him along? Or did Satan the cat kill him? (laughs) Either way, Agnes was hanged on the 25th of July, 1566, the first woman in England to be executed for witchcraft. That's very good. So that is the mad, mad story of Agnes Waterhouse. (laughs) As we've established, witch trials, dig crazy, dig crazy. And this is an early one. That is a very early one, absolutely. It's one of the the first. Yeah, yeah, we kind of think about witch trials and depending where you're from, the witch trials date back to, I think the first one recorded in Europe is in the 1400s in Laverne. It's kind of in the on the border of Switzerland and Germany. The first actual trial. Absolutely, because you've got the sort of the Inquisition, really, the mm. sort of the sort of kicks off in the sort of like the 13th century. Mainly, then they're sort of focused on sort of heretics and generally anti-Christian people. Yes, but so by sort of the 1400s, mid 1400s, they are focusing more on the witchy heretics and things mm. i think it's 1480 you get the um the delightful book the malleus maleficarum yeah that's written by two german dominican 
monks. Um, <laughs> the Witch's Hammer, a delightful book, which is all about identifying witches and the best way of dealing with them in with a variety of pointy instruments. That comes from Germany. And it has to be said that the witch trials in mainland Europe were hundred times worse yes. than we have them in, in England. Scotland was not good. <laughs> no. They had their pretty unpleasant pieces, but um, in England we fared pretty well on the witch trials. Not as well as Ireland, who did even better about mm. not hanging and burning people. Well, it's it's strange that we always th- we think about the Pendle witches and we think about the witch trials in England because we think, oh, how horrific. In America, obviously, there's the famous Salem witch trials. Yeah. In Scotland um, and in Europe, these are tens of thousands of people verging on actually when you these, add them yeah, up, absolutely. it's hundreds of Thousands and thousands upon thousands of people. And also, I mean, in Europe and in Scotland as well, they had they did prefer the burning. Oh, they did. Whereas in England, preferred hanging. Mm. You, would, you wouldn't get burned unless it was for a treason or something like that. Something against the crown, then they would, they would set you on fire. But for witches, it's a good old hanging would suffice. So is there a particular reason why there was this switch over to witch trials, to persecuting people in court, as opposed to the sort of superstition that went before it? Well, I think a lot of it came from when in England, when sort of like Henry VIII split away from the Catholic Church. So that, I think, was a big part of it. Whereas in Europe, the Pope reigned supreme, and in Scotland as well, for the Catholic faith. So that was all fire and brimstone, death and burning over there. But in England, where it was Protestantism, it was somewhat less superstitious. A little bit less. A bit more practical. Um, (laughs) A bit more less fire and brimstone. More efficient. More more efficient, more official, more sort of, yeah, slightly terrifying in its own way. Because some of the earliest stories that we hear about trials involving werewolves trials involving witches trials involving vampires and even those stories have come from europe where you've still got deeply catholic countries who are absolutely adhering to the bible and Mm. saying no anyone who is different we will persecute and we will cast them out in a very succinct way in england well there was that separation between church and state um in england which you didn't necessarily have in some of the in european countries and actually though the witchcraft act the one that Henry VIII brought in and the one that Elizabeth I sort of modified, there are actually clauses in there barring the, the clergy from getting involved. So mm. it was a it was a purely state matter. There was nothing religious about it. It was a it was in court, those were the rules. You a priest couldn't come along and claim religious preferences or anything like that on on those cases but the heyday of witch hunts and the heyday of what we would see (laughs) of witch hunts if if heyday is the right word comes after agnes waterhouse's case well um, absolutely that was one of the the initial i think that was one of the very first ones that that came about and they sort of grew from there throughout the sort of 17th century and then sort of died off in sort of the mid 1700s towards the yeah towards the end of the 1700s they sort of mm. died died a death and one of the most famous ones that we know is matthew hopkins <gasps> i'm sure people are familiar with his name again based around essex born in suffolk did plied his trade um around around essex so known as the witch the witch finder general, general indeed played by the wonderful vincent price <laughs> in the hammer horror films very disturbing film you're going um, to tell us a little I, story uh, so i can tell you a little bit about matthew hopkins um Yay. As people may have gathered over the couple of years we've been doing this, sort of this sort of area is, is a fascination of mine. So the early 17th century, so the early 1600s, just after the time that Sinead was talking about, the paranoia about witches is ever increasing. You've got King James, who comes along after Elizabeth, you've got King James, who is obs- absolutely obsessed with the witchcraft. He was King James VI of Scotland first, Catholic country, love a burning of a person, and... 
while he was there, he is heavily involved in various witch trials, personally involved in various witch trials. There was one occasion where he's going to meet a proposed new bride in Denmark Mm. um, and a massive storm erupts and all his ships are scattered and half of them sunk and he almost dies. He turns out that it's it's a witch's plot (laughs) <laughs> to, to stop him marrying this particular particular person. So from then on, he sort of is convinced the witches are out to get him. I mean, they are. They are entirely out to get him. And then there's a trial of about 300 witches in Scotland, which oh, he is hell. heavily involved in, of which a great many of them are burned uh, for sort of treason against the king. For bad against, weather. For bad weather. So he ha- develops his entire fascination and paranoia about witchcraft he actually writes a book called demonology yes he does um, which is published in 1597 which is actually i've got a copy of it it's um it's you have a copy of a lot i of have weird a copy shit. of a lot of weird I go books. and look at nick's bookcase every now and then i go it's a interesting. Lot of, there's a lot of weird shit interesting in there. I'm like, um, okay why are they all arranged in a pentangle okay <laughs> some people think it's just a bit of oh the king wrote this so obviously they published it but it was considered a serious sort of academic study mm. um on sort of witches their aims their methods how to find them and it was quite it was a book that was used quite a lot but when he became james the first of england he brought all this sort of paranoia and everything with him into england so this sort of anti-witch sentiment is only ramped up hugely by the time Mm. he arrives then a few years later you start in 1642 you start with the english civil war kicks off where you've got the royalists against the parliamentarians really and a lot of the parliamentarians are hugely puritanical strict protestant sort of upbringing of no time for anything else but during the civil war time you get a uh, villages and towns who are completely devastated yeah by this you have huge economic depression starvation there's this huge religious turmoil as well any sort of law and order sort of falls apart you're describing the assizes that they used to go around they stopped they stopped going around so little towns and villages became their own sort of fiefdoms really and it was left to the people who lived there to manage their own affairs really they weren't getting any guidance from higher up the chain so they were left to interpret sort of laws and dispense justice as they saw fit and it's into this sort of vacuum of power that someone like Matthew Hopkins wanders in and sort of takes <laughs> takes control. He's born in 1620, well, around 1620, in a little village in Suffolk. So this is the time of the Mayflower's maiden voyage as well to America, so you can understand the puritanical kind of depression. Absolutely, that, that sort of zeal and thing. That's, let's go to the new world, let's yep. escape England. It's horrible here. <laughs> but people in England are still trying to main, make that sort of world here. People, people say we're still trying to replicate that. Some people say we haven't got enough time for this, let's go to America. Um, <laughs> so. America's it's lovely over there absolutely (laughs) so i mean not much is known about his childhood Um, (laughs) you've never said that i know (laughs) but but it's true but his first sort of definite appearance comes in 1644 in the intervening years he has moved to essex to the to the town of manningtree and he has made the acquaintance of a chap called john stern now in 1644 something happens to john stern which we don't know what it was, but it leads him to accuse a number of women in the town of trying to kill him, but trying to kill him through sorcery. Was he turned into a frog? I don't think he was turned into a frog. Did the big uh, black cat come after <laughs> potentially, him? Potentially Satan came after him, but or we, there we was a dog ha- shaped like a monkey. We don't know what it was. We don't know what happened to Satan in that trial. No, there he was in Manningtree, and he was annoying the hell out of John Stern. So we say we don't know what this trigger was, but Stern asks his, his dear friend, Matthew Hopkins, to, to help him out. And Hopkins 
he's quite enthusiastic in his agreement. He has come from this incredibly puritanical family. His father, his uncle, one of his brothers are all priests or vicars. So he this sort of zeal has been drummed into him since since birth, really. So mm. he has got that that vibe about him. He, he is. <laughs> he's got a vibe <laughs> like the way that Matthew Hopkins yeah. has a vibe. Um, no, I mean he's sort of disapproving of everything and anyone he's ever met. Really, I can't imagine he's much fun at parties. Really, no, no. And I mean, until this point, traditionally, sort of one of the one of the first stages of investigating witchcraft is if someone said, "Oh, that person's a witch," they wouldn't go straight to the pointy things. There, there would be some steps, yes. steps in between. <laughs> and one of the first ones would be to to lock them up and set watchers to observe them, hmm. just like through windows, just have a look, see what they're doing for a few days. Ew. Well, the idea being that if these women predominantly women obviously are locked up if they were to conjure any spirits if a familiar was to arrive and chat mm. to them if they started zooming around on a broom or something like that they've heard about the grease shafts exactly. everyone wants to look at that <laughs> so these watchers would see this, this going on and then be able to report in court say oh yes i saw them talking to a spirit or satan came in or they were zooming around the rafters like anything mm. here's the evidence now this is taking a bit too long for Matthew Hopkins' liking, really. It's taking a bit, a bit too much time. Um, so he convinces these watchers that he should get in there and see if we can move things along a bit, you know, speed up, speed up the process slightly. Torture is technically, technically illegal still at this point, apart from sort of capital crown-based crimes. Treason against the Queen, yeah, we'll stretch you and chop your bits off. But general day-to-day stuff, not allowed to torture <laughs> day people, to really. Day-to-day, not so much. It's not much allowed. You didn't deliver the milk on time. I will put you in the Iron Maiden, goddammit. <laughs> well, it makes a change from, makes a difference from Europe, where <laughs> Iron Maiden, thumbscrews, all that sort of thing. Bring it on. You oh, go absolutely. for it. Over here, it's slightly more restrained. I only said Jehovah. <laughs> <laughs> But what there is over here, I mean, it's it's an incredibly fine line. And you have somewhat more of a a psychological thing going on. Sleep deprivation. Where people are forced to stay awake for days upon days upon days. Uh, uh. Um, People who are forced to run on the spot for hours and hours and hours until they pretty much collapse from from exhaustion. People who are forced to walk circles around a room again for days upon days until they just... Till they just collapse. So just breaking the body. Just breaking, kind of, breaking people not, down. Not with the uh, hammers, but just with, exactly. yeah, just physical and yeah. psychological so it's kind all of like straight, exhaustion. It's straight out of us like a CIA handbook now, really. <laughs> God, yeah. Oh my so God, it's, it's, yeah. It's, it's frighteningly, Stress positions. And... Exactly. It's all that sort of stuff. So it's frighteningly modern in its approach. Oh, I don't like to, it. We're not going to get the hammers out, but instead... Yes, stress magicians, mm. sleep deprivation, yeah. banging saucepans at people for fucking hours and stuff like oh that. God. It's it's all that sort of stuff. As an insomniac, I feel it. <laughs> I mean, there were the few sort of classic things. They, they obviously the people did get searched for for blemishes, warts, yeah. extra nipples, and things. You know, extra nipples that would you you would use to suckle your familiar. Um, <laughs> I like the way you said, "Are you hiding an extra uh, I'm nipple? Hiding an extra nipple there? Where is it? Where is it? There it is. There it is. There it is. <laughs> oh, I found it. So all these sort of yeah, extra warts and, and these physical peculiarities devil's marks and of course i mean at the end of all this days upon days of this sort of torture people will say anything you want you don't have to yeah. get the spiky things out people people will tell you what you want to hear of course many many women confess to doing whatever they want them to confess to consorting with the devils signing their souls away there's one woman i mean you're familiar called satan the one woman confesses have a demon buddy familiar called bubbles 
bunny. A demon, a demon bunny. A demon bunny. A demon bunny bubbles. rabbit called Bubbles. No, she doesn't. She does. No, she doesn't. <laughs> what? That's amazing. What? Which is great. That that is a fuck you to whoever is torturing you. That is lying there going, I have a bunny and it's called Bubbles. But this is also then. Matthew Hopkins going, right, she's got a bunny called Bubbles. This is now fact. I've got this written down. She has confessed to having a demon bunny called Bubbles. Great. I can take this to court and Mm. use it as evidence against her as a witch. Even if it was said sarcastically or stupidly, doesn't matter. I guess if you are that exhausted, you know, you'd wish for death to make the torture end. You know, torture is torture for a reason. You go, Mm. anything to make the stop. And if I have to die, it's fine. I mean, go out on a high with bunny... Bubbles the bunny. Bubble bubbles the the demon bunny is. Oh yes, is... the demon bubble. <laughs> the demon bunny. It is the rabbit. It is the rabbit. <laughs> Look at it, bones. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> so, I mean, apart from the demon bunny, these these women also they they give names of other women in the town. They then are taken in for questioning and <laughs> such like. And name more woodland animals. <laughs> name more. Eventually, about thirty. 36 women are, oh God. Are, ha- have confessed to various forms of witchcraft and such like. Now, Hopkins, he's now considered he's done his job. He's got these confessions. So he takes these to the Earl of Warwick, who is oversees the, the, the supposed justice in this area. And he takes these confessions that he's got from these women. And those women are sent to trial based on these confessions. And 19 of them are are hung two of them die while waiting in prison i've um, heard of that a few times of actually a lot of witches were just so battered and, absolutely oh, yeah. witches in inverted commas they, they don't survive the waiting in no. prison because the, the, the conditions are also dreadful disease <sighs> starvation and things so they die waiting for a trial but 19 of them end up being um hanged but say hopkins he doesn't stick around to see any of this he's done his job he's got the confession and now he's off to the next village there are other witches to sort of sniff out after his first sort of success, he is incredibly, well, he's very much overjoyed by his initial success. So he gives himself the title, the, the famous title of Witchfinder General. I mean, it's a pretty good title it's for a, an absolute bastard. It's a, it's a good title to have. I mean, it's one uh, of those where you kind of sit there and just go like, oh, God, it's a good title. <laughs> God, <laughs> I wish it wasn't such a good title. <laughs> Damn you! Yeah. It's like a Bond villain or something. It is. Go, oh, that's really cool. Absolutely. Oh, Witchfinder General. <laughs> Clippy-clopping around on his horse looking for fucking Bubbles the Bunny. <laughs> he manages to convince people that he has authority from Parliament to seek out which He doesn't have any of it. No, I mean, um, no. He doesn't no. have any of this sort of authority, but he's obviously so charismatic and he is able to speak with such conviction that people are convinced that he has this authority um and know that he's... he is vincent price <laughs> he's got this title he's probably got a few medals he's got a fancy hat no one's going to question him hat, big, big hat. hat the next month there is the largest witch trial in english history where it's mm. held in bury st edmunds in suffolk where 18 people two women and two men are hanged on evidence supplied by hopkins now there were over a hundred put on trial so from over 100 put on trial, 18 are hanged. About 10 die again, die in prison. That is the, the biggest trial, witch trial there has ever been in, in England. So far. Uh, so so far, I'm really hoping we're not going to have any um, coming up. I do do hope. But Hopkins and Stern, his, his sort of like brother in arms, really, they begin to travel around eastern England. So it's Essex, Suffolk, Norfolk, Cambridgeshire, Bedfordshire, that sort of area, going from village to village to village. They're followed by pretty much a selection of groupies now 
women who follow them around they're known as prickers <laughs> i've heard of this yes <laughs> these uh, women who who follow because they oh. are they are appointed to to sort of search out on the yes. the accused the, the the devil's marks and things and sort of prick them with supposed needles and mm. if they don't bleed mm. then obviously that is that's a terribly terrible sign of the devil that is one more piece of evidence against them when they pricked them they were pricking them to actually give them the sign of the devil or something so the devil's bitten them there's a few reports actually that they use prickers with retractable needles like stage knives um that actually the needles used so they could say oh look we're stabbing this person and nothing's happened to them so there's no blood therefore they're they are in league with with satan because they've got extra tough skin um god and things and i think you may be absolutely right that other occasions where they did prick them oh it's the mark of the devil there's a blemish there mm. sort of thing that's where the familiar has bitten or something like that so it's a rigged again, game it's, it's all it's all evidence against against them i mean the the methods they use sort of develop as, as they travel around i mean one of the most infamous is the, the famous ducking in a, in a stream now in canterbury we have a ducking stool. there is a ducking stool in canterbury it has been res- has been preserved and restored and you can see yes, it i think that's a reproduction canterbury. it is it is a, not, it is a reprodu- it's not the original one well the original <laughs> one was was kept for a very long time yeah, yeah, yeah. you can still see it it's it looks amazing it's next oh, to it's, some it's tudor buildings very terrifying ducking stool was generally used for for wives who would talk too much scolds scolds yeah scolds who were nagging their husbands too much and they would just be dipped into the river for punishment yeah so the one in canterbury was not used to duck witches wasn't used for witches i don't think there weren't a huge amount of witches this far sort of no south southeast it was a bit more to the north of where we are now you see a ducking store it wasn't necessarily it wasn't for necessarily witches. i mean the, but definitely you, you, witches went into the water definitely a lot. witches went into the water and it tended to be Rather than like a stool or anything like that, they could be easily retrieved. It was tie someone up and tie them to a rope yeah, and chuck them in, really. There was no sort of desperately complicated apparatus or anything like that. Give them a rock uh, to hold. And give then... them, yeah, so the theory being that if they drowned, if they sank to the bottom and drowned, then they were obviously innocent. They may be dead, but God has them in heaven now, so it's mm-hmm. fine. Good Christian water he gave, they're absolutely fine. But if they were to float, if they came back up again, then ooh. Oh, no, 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 no. Obvious proof of devilry. Afoot. Evil lungs. Evilness going on there. So they will be hoisted out of the river and then probably hung. Then yeah. sent them for trial and hung. Now, that mean, there are two theories about why someone might float. Science? <laughs> no, but we're, we're talking sort of 1600s theories here. Okay. So science has not got a great deal to do oh, with it. Hit me with it. So first of all, if the witch came up, then obviously they are using their magic powers mm-hmm. to to make them come up so they can breathe. Therefore, witch. Witch. Or they have obviously a witch has obviously made a, a pact with the devil. Their soul is unclean, and therefore the water which has been used to baptize them originally, originally rejects them. Water shall refuse them. Exactly. The re- the water rejects them and does not let them sink. So they water pushes them out. And therefore they float. Either way, it's not going to be a good end, really. It's a not a good one. No. <laughs> that's, that's, just, that's just a bad day. Now, Hopkins spends the entire of 1646 conducting his sort of witch, witch hunts. And he generally demands a, a relatively healthy stipend in mm. return for his services. It's reported that Ipswich, a town in Suffolk, has to raise taxes to pay for his services Do when they he pay arrives him there. 
in cats and cake. I don't believe so. I believe they pay him in cash. <laughs> oh, he should have just gotten under the cats. <laughs> yeah. Depending on where he went, I mean, he he didn't have like a set list of prices. If he went to a big town, he would obviously charge more than went to a small, small village. Oh, fair enough. But it would be somewhere between sort of two pounds for a small little village up to sort of 20... £25 for a big, big town. Um, now, this is when a labourer is earning perhaps three or four pence a day. Yeah. And you're demanding four or five pounds or £20. This is a huge sum of money. But people will pay it because people are terrified. People are, are pa- paranoid about what's what's going on. People don't like their neighbours. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> people want that person's field. So people will pay it. Now, there are various different sources that claim that around between two and 300 people are executed as a result of Hopkins and Stern's sort of activities. But the sort of reign of terror is actually relatively short. Yeah. They're only active for around about 18 months, which is surprising considering how much notoriety they have. 400 years later, we're still talking about them. Good name. Good good name, which find a general, absolutely. That's it. Um, <laughs> but they, they do stop eventually when people sort of begin to question their, their motives, mm. these sort of fees they're charging. Mm. They're going, well, if you're really doing this for the good of humanity and for your God, why are you charging such ungodly amounts? And there are also people question... Well, where where is your expertise? Where is your authority coming? And people going, well, I quite like the name. Um, (laughs) (laughs) General sounds good. So people start to question what actual authority these these two these two have. And when eventually news of his sort of methods reaches London, they reaches Parliament. Say again, torture is meant to be illegal Mm. at this point. Whereas before it had been a bit, oh, let me get on with it. Now things, the civil war is sort of coming to Mm. a bit of a stabilisation. The royalists are definitely on their way out. Parliamentarians are, are... have pretty much won. It's a bit like, well, we can't really be seen to be condoning this this type of thing. And there's actually a group of gentlemen who write a pamphlet against him and they, they say that Hopkins has used unlawful courses of torture to make them say anything for ease and quiet. Abominable, inhumane and unmerciful trial of those poor creatures by trying them and heaving them into water, a trial not allowable by law or conscience. Oh. So there's quite this backlash against against him and his methods. Now Hopkins realizes that his time sort of in the spotlight is well and truly over. Mm. Um, so he's been active for about eighteen months, but he's managed to kill a few hundred people. So that's good going, mm-hmm. um, really. So hurrah for you! He returns to Manningtree in Essex, where he retires, and he writes his book. Mm. He writes his book, A Discovery of Witches. Yay. Is his is the name of his book. In which he It's mean, not those books. It's not those books. It's the original book. The original books which they repurposed. <laughs> the original A Discovery of Witches. Um and which he tries to rebuff all his detractors. People who are writing against him, he tries to rail against them. Mm. Um and he really fights his corner for sort of ridding the world of witches, really. Which I think he he actually believes is a noble pursuit. In a sort of slightly twisted, or very twisted way. He believes he's doing the right thing. This book is is published, and eventually it does, as we touched on earlier, it makes its way over to America, where it is pretty much used as a as a how-to guide during the, the New England witch trials, sort of later in that 17th century. Hopkin dies a year after his retirement. He's only mid-twenties by wow. this point, but he has achieved a hell of a lot. 
Yeah. He, he dies around sort of he's sort of 27, 28, I think, when he I dies. Think. Probably tuberculosis, people <laughs> people think. But there there is this there's a fantastic legend that he actually goes into he's he's retired, mm. um, and he walks into a village one day and someone accuses him of being a witch. Um and he <laughs> and he is ducked and he floats and he is found guilty and he is hanged as a witch. Oh right. Um, okay. I mean it would be great if that was true, but rather very fitting end, but unfortunately I think it probably was tuberculosis. Exciting. So, <laughs> So, he does. so yeah, I mean, I mean, Matthew, he's a fascinating character. It was a very special set of circumstances that allowed someone like him to, mm. to flourish, really. The whole conjunction of random shit going on. It's important yeah. to remember that because we, we think of Matthew Hopkins and because of Hammer Horror and we think of the Witchfinder General and think this was just the way it was and, and he, he was stopped. He was stopped, absolutely. But... Not Others before weren't. doing a huge amount of damage. Indeed. Um, so yes, what began with Agnes in England wouldn't end for centuries afterwards. <laughs> but truly, the witch trials in England, the witch trials in Europe, the witch trials in America, around the world, would result in the deaths of hundreds of thousands of people, maybe even into the millions, most of which were women. These were murders. The women and the men who were burned, hanged, beaten to death and forced to endure tortures beyond the realm of imagination were the victims of bloodthirsty lunacy or plain old-fashioned fear-mongering and maybe in some cases a genuinely believed faith. For the handful of men who were smugly happy to see a woman tortured to death as penance for speaking out of turn, there were scores or even hundreds of people who stood by and nodded along out of fear of what would happen to them. So strong is one person's belief and so powerful is another person's fear. Terrible things can happen. And they are still happening today. In India, for example, around 2,500 people were hunted, tortured and killed on suspicion of being a witch between 2000 and 2016. And the killing of witches continues today in countries such as Saudi Arabia, Democratic Republic of Congo, South Africa, Tanzania and many other locations. Witch hunts are seldom about magic, but they are always about murder. So spare a thought for the innocent witches this Halloween. And also keep an eye on your cats. <laughs> and your monkeys that look like dogs. And your monkeys that look like dogs. Well, there is our little tale of witches for Halloween. Mm. Oh, thank you for the history, Nick. A lot, oh, lot of history there. Good. <laughs> we got a lot today. Big bonus nice. episode of witches and witch hunters and witch finders and witch cats and witch dogs and everybody in between. So what do you think, people? Do you have some witchy stories you'd like to share? We're obviously giving you a little excerpt of English witch hunting and witchcraft. There are more tales from Europe. There are lots more tales from America. And maybe we'll cover them in the future. But tell us what you think of the episode. Jump on the comments on any of the social media channels that you follow. And tell us your thoughts, your theories, or just what the hell you're doing for Halloween. Indeed. And if you're like me, then give the black cat a go. If you're like Sinead, then don't. Maybe uh, try one of the other variations of the black there cat. Are, exactly. There are many variations that people put, have put on Instagram and Facebook. So try those out. The recipe will be out on Friday. Have a look. See what you think. Otherwise, there are many other fantastically Halloween-y cocktails out there. But share your cocktails from Halloween weekend and share your pictures of whatever you're doing for Halloween, wherever you are in the world, because we love to see them. Well, Sinead loves to see them. Thanks for listening, guys. We have been the people inside the Poisoner's Cabinet. We will see you next week. And remember, your loved ones are trying to kill you.